morning, everyone at Forest Town Church. Really wonderful to have this opportunity to speak to you in this way. And uh, I've been really looking forward to the moment. Isn't it an incredible thing that through the technology of our day and age that I can stand here in Dresden, preach a message, and the message can be transported to you in a way that you can understand it and you can see the picture and uh, you can see me as well. It's really wonderful to be in partnership with you as a church. Uh, I love the times that we get to spend with Anton Helen, and it's been great, uh, the connection with you in the last uh, year or so, and just building that up. And so I really feel this morning that uh, it's a special moment for us to be able to do what we're doing, and I trust that this message will be a great blessing to you. Today is uh, Pentecostal Sunday, or Pentecost Sunday, and uh, because of that, I've decided to speak to you again about the Holy Spirit. I know that the last time I was with you, I did speak about the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to bring a couple of other aspects this morning, and I trust that it will challenge your heart and that you'll be uh, motivated uh, to go on in this great journey of being connected with the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, the title for the message is Supernaturally Connected. A number of years ago, I was invited to go to the Ukraine. And uh, preparation for the Ukraine in those days meant that I had to send my South African passport to the embassy in Berlin, and uh, they would process it and send me the visa back. And so with enough time in hand, I sent off my passport to the embassy. But uh, a week or two later, I decided to call them up and to say, hey, have you got my passport? Is everything happening? Uh, will I get my visa in time? And uh, they told me uh, on that phone call that they hadn't even got the passport yet. And so that started a whole series of events where I really, really experienced a connection with the Holy Spirit that I've seldom experienced in my life, but it was dramatic, it was amazing, and uh, I wish that that happened to me every single day, or that would, be, would create a lot of tension in my life. I'm asking you this morning, have, when was the last time that you had a connection with the Holy Spirit? Or maybe when you hear the word Holy Spirit, it creates in you feelings of tension or anxiety. This morning, I want to encourage you to go into more with him. And he's going to take you by his hand, take you by the hand. He's going to lead you into more. And I trust that the message today will do just that. So I'd sent off my passport to Berlin and, uh, and they didn't get it. Eventually I did get it back, but the problem was that I had no time to get a visa. And so I had some contact with the friends in uh, Kiev, in the Ukraine, and they said, hey, please come, don't cancel the trip. Uh, we're going to do what we can on our side to organize the trip for you, even though you don't have a visa. And I was very skeptical. I think, well, can you please send me a piece of paper? Maybe you can give me a fax. Can you give me anything so that I will know that when I get to that border that I'm going to get across? And time ticked away and ticked away. And eventually, I started the trip. I was on my way and I went via Budapest. And in Budapest, I did what we had to do went to the, to the embassy in Budapest for the Ukraine, and they said, no chance of getting a visa, you need an appointment. And so I got to the check-in counter in the airport in Budapest and had no visa. And I thought the, that when I put my passport on the table, uh, the Holy Spirit is gonna close the lady's eyes and uh, she won't even ask me for a visa and just say, please board the flight. 
Well, things happened a lot differently. Uh, when I got there, she immediately asked for the visa, saw I had no visa, pushed me to the end of the queue and said, please wait. And so the minutes ticked away and eventually, just before the gate closed, she gets a phone call and she speaks to someone and says to me, are you Mr. N Mr. Neuper? And I said, yes, that's me. She said, you can board the plane. And I'm wow, great, this is amazing. But I knew what it looked like when I, if I get to the airport in Kiev, what that's gonna look like. And so I said, please give me a piece of paper. Have you got a fax? Have you got anything that you can give me? And she's like, no, no, just get on the plane. It's, it's all verbal, it's all verbal. So I get on the plane, fly to Kiev, arrive in the, in, in the arrivals hall there, and the same thing happens to me. I'm like expecting God's gonna do a miracle, the lady's not gonna ask for my visa. But as soon as she saw I didn't have a visa, she had some sort of button in her, in her um, little table there, and she pushed the button, and there were sirens going, bebop, and there were police came in, and I was taken away to a little room on the side. And I'm getting interrogated by these Russian-speaking policemen, and in that moment, the words came back to me that the Holy Spirit had spoken to me a few weeks before. And what he had said to me, and this is really the key part of the story, is that he said to me, you're going to be in the lion's den, but don't be afraid. I will be with you in the lion's den. And that was one of the main reasons why I decided to do the trip, even though I didn't have a visa. And as these policemen are shouting at me, I'm thinking to myself, this is really it, Lord. This is like, this is the lion's den. You, I'm here, but I trust that you're with me. I wasn't that brave at that moment. And anyway, as I stood there and, and didn't understand everything they were saying, another person comes into the room, knocks on the door, comes in and says, starts shouting at these other policemen, and then turns around to me and says, are you Mr. Neuper? I said, yeah, that's me. She says, please come with me. Takes me by, the, by the, uh, the hand or shows me the way, and we go off to some other room somewhere in the airport, and she says to me, we are going to give you a diplomatic visa. It's going to cost you a little bit more, but we want to say to you today, welcome to the Ukraine. Shakes my hand and just says, have a good day. What happened? I got into the Ukraine without a visa. It still amazes me even to this day. Why? Because I was supernaturally connected to the Holy Spirit who knew that he was going to help me. And as I got all the courage in me to start the trip, he began to operate on my behalf. Now imagine if you could do that every day. There are many moments when I feel like I've missed it. And I look back and I think, wow, you know, I've, I've had those moments, but maybe there were a whole lot more of those moments that I missed. And that makes me sad. I don't want to do that. And I don't want you to do that. And that's why this message is for you today, because I want you to be spiritually connected, supernaturally connected to who he is. And so this morning, we're going to read a couple of scriptures. I'm going to give you a little bit of background, and then I'm going to really challenge you to ask him for more. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus is about to go into heaven, and he tells the disciples to wait for this power that they're going to get from on high. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. My power is going to come on you. 
And so they understand that and they begin to wait. A few days later, suddenly, they're all together in the upper room, the 120 of them, and this is what we read in Acts chapter 2. It says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Later on in Acts chapter 2, Peter explains what had actually happened. And he says here, Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. What this means for you and me is that we are living in the age of the Holy Spirit, where He is generally available to us. What a blessing that is. He's available to you and He's available to me. The question is, how are we living with Him? Are we really living in a place where we expect His power? We expect to be connected with Him on a daily basis. If you're listening in this morning and you maybe a new Christian. It's important for you to, for me to start at the beginning. The, the beginning is that the Holy Spirit is everywhere. Even if you're not a Christian this morning and you're listening in, the Holy Spirit is where you are. He is everywhere. He is all-knowing. He is everywhere. He is, has all power. He is God. He is a person. He thinks, he has emotions, he is he, he's not it, just an it, he's he, and he is able to be involved in our lives. He's a person, we can have a relationship together with him. The Holy Spirit dwells in you if you are a believer. Now that's a really, really incredible thing for us. He dwells in us, and that means that he reveals the Heavenly Father to us. In Romans 8 it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And as we come into this relationship with him, we begin to realize that he's a father. And he's taken me on many different journeys in my life where he's shown me that he really is my father. He blesses me, even though I have not deserved it. He gives me things, even though I have not worked for it, just like a father does. He is my heavenly father. He softens my heart. He dwells in me and he softens my heart. In Ezekiel, it says that he has taken our heart of stone and he's replaced it with a heart of flesh. Many, many areas of my life, I could say, the Holy Spirit has brought a softening about. My teenage years, early 20s, there was a hardness in my heart. There was a bitterness in my heart. And he softened that. He's changed that. He transforms me. 2 Corinthians 3 says that he transforms us. He, he changes us into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from him who is the Spirit, and he changes us from glory to glory. So there's an ongoing change as he dwells in your heart, and he comforts us, parakletos. 
The last time I was with you, I spoke about the parakletos. He's the one who is the encourager. He's the comforter. He's the one that comes on our side. He gives us all that we need when we have difficult challenges to work out. The Holy Spirit is everywhere. If you're a believer, he dwells in you. And thirdly, third big point for you this morning is the Holy Spirit works through you. The Holy Spirit works through you. How often do you experience the Holy Spirit working through you? Maybe you say, well, uh, yeah, I, I can see the fruits of the Spirit. I can see the growth in my relationship. But I don't see too often the working through me that I really want. Well, that's what this is about this morning. See, in Acts chapter 3, the disciples understood exactly why the Holy Spirit had come. Jesus said, wait. Acts chapter 2, they receive. In Acts chapter 3, what do they do? They're already on the road. They're going up to the temple, Peter and John. They see the lame man sitting there. And Peter says to the lame man, silver or gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And so what they're doing is they're saying, what we have, we give to you. We've understood what we've received. But now we also understand that it's not just for us, but it's get into action. Get on the road. Be my disciples. Be my witnesses all over the planet. And that's what they're doing right in that moment. The power that they received, the dunamis power that Jesus promised in Acts chapter 1, this is the same power that, through which Jesus rose from the dead. It's the same power that makes those things which are impossible, possible. And Paul had that in focus in his ministry. In 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4 and 5, he says, yeah, we can read it on the screen. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And so for him, it wasn't just about facts. It wasn't just about all the wisdom that we can get. For him, it was about, that's important. We need to have a good foundation. But what's more important for him was, I came with a demonstration of the power. How are we doing when it comes to demonstrating the power? How are, we, how are we doing when it comes to the Holy Spirit working through us and touching other people, touching other lives? Well, he empowers me. Spirit of God. Love the little story about Gideon where the Spirit of God came upon Gideon. And actually the picture there is much more than the Spirit coming on Gideon, but rather it's almost like the Holy Spirit is saying here, God put Gideon like a glove. Gideon was clothed as the, he was the glove and, 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 and the power came within him and he became the tool in the hand of God. I just love that picture. I, I love it that every day that I would experience that the Holy Spirit says, Wayne, today I'm going to put you on like a glove. You're going to be my hand. You're going to be my tool. You're going to be the one that and I send. You're going to be the one that does in my name and in my authority. The Spirit of God came and clothed Gideon. He leads me. When he works through me, he leads me. And every time he speaks to me and he leads me, there's an explosion of power that can happen in my life. He gives me supernatural gifts. When I look back on 20 years in Dresden, he's the one 
that has given the supernatural gift, he's the one that's empowered the working, the outworking. Supernatural gifts come in all different ways. The things that touch other people's lives. The power and the strength that it gives you when you feel like you don't have anything else to give. So now my question to you this morning is this. All of those, those of you that are already believers, he's dwelling in you. And we need to trust him that the outworking is far greater. And you can say with me this morning, I want more, more and more Then you need to listen to what I'm going to say now. A couple of little quotes, first of all. If you want more, the first thing you need to do is you need to actively work to increase your expectations. Expect more. Expect more. Todd Bentley said this. God has used him. Even though he's had many problems in his life, God used him. And he said the following. The starting point is hunger, and thereafter the desire to raise the hunger level, the hunger level is the deciding factor. So we need to get hungry. Do get hungry. This needs to be a, a bit of desperation in us. Hungry people are desperate people, people that want more. And thereafter, the desire to raise the hunger level, that's the deciding factor. How much, do you, how much more do you really want? And I want to say, Holy Spirit, I don't want to stay where I am. I want to move into the more that you have. Graham Cook, using a completely not, a, a other area, in the area of prophecy, well-known prophet, he said, he's also had some problems in life, but he said this, if we are going to move in anything, whether it is faith, any of the supernatural gifts, whether we are preaching the gospel, whatever it is we are doing for God, we need to have a sense of expectation. There we have it on the screen for you, the sense of expectation. When I wake up in the morning, I want to have an expectation that God is going to do something. Do you have an expectation? When you wake up in the morning, is it just another day for you? Or can you really say, today, I expect God to work. I expect Him to do something today. And Andreas Hellman is a German pastor. He's very well known in Germany. I'm not sure if, if he's uh, too known in the UK. But well known for his healing ministry. And he's written a book on the anointing. And, and he says this. What is alive for me? Is not that which I know, but that which has grown to be real in my consciousness. Let me say that again. What is alive for me is not that which I know. What I know, that's just a lot of facts. But that which has grown to be real in my consciousness, that which has grown in me, which I'm aware of, which I'm conscious of, and that's what spiritual growth is all about. That's what giving him time every day is about, that we become conscious, that we consciously say, Lord, I put my hand, my, my hand in your hand today. I expect you're going to do something today. Let that consciousness in me grow. Each one of us reflects the world that he is most conscious of. What world are you reflecting? You're living in the supernatural? Are you connected to supernatural things? Are you connected to the supernatural power of the Spirit? To care for and practice your God consciousness is one of the most important tasks of your Christian life. And here, it's a big point for you to take home with you as well, because it means that we need to push into that. 
It's not just going to happen. It has to be something that we give ourselves to. And maybe you come from a, a background where you say, well, I'm just a bit nervous of everything to do with the Holy Spirit. Let me say to you this morning, open your heart. Let me say to you today, expect more. He's going to come into your life as you open opportunities for him. He's going to come in and he's going to do more. And you'll be surprised what he does. Second thing I would, second thing I would say to you, uh, under this idea of more, would be pray the send me prayer every day. Pray that he would send you. Pray that he would be there and he would open the door for you. You know that Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6, he gets this incredible look into heaven. And uh, God's just not listening to praise and worship music. He's actually, there's actually a meeting going on. There's a discussion going on, and they're trying to decide what to do. And eventually, in the midst of all of this, as he lies, as he's on his knees and he's face down, he hears God say, who shall I send? And in that moment, he's so taken up by the power of that. He's so taken up by the, uh, the supernatural nature of what he's experiencing that he can't do anything else but say, hey, here I am. Send me, send me. And that's the prayer that we should be praying every day. Why not say, God, if you've got a meeting going on in heaven and there's something to do, please send me. I'd like to be part of that. Won't you include me in your plans? If we expect more, he's going to work through us in a greater way. And then, of course, if we hear things, what we also have to do is we have to be courageous. We cannot just hear things and then say, okay, oh, no, 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 it's too much for me. I'm so grateful back then that I had that moment that he said, I want you to do this flight, trust me, concerning the visa issue. Took all the courage that I had and gone in that first plane. And then God came and worked a miracle, a wonderful, incredible miracle. The Holy Spirit did something supernatural, which I've never forgotten. There have been other moments when I've had the courage, but there have been also other moments when the courage has failed me. And I say, wow. I'm so disappointed about those moments. So why not say to him this morning, I want to have enough courage. Whatever you tell me, I'll do it. So I want to wrap up. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And what it actually means here is that we need to be always filled and filled afresh with the Spirit again and again and again. So I want to encourage you, two groups of people this morning, that first group of people, those people that are to, up to this point have said, okay, I can accept the fact that there's, there's a Holy Spirit out there, uh, but today I want to invite him to come and dwell in me. I want to pray for you. And then I want to pray for those people that say, I want him to work through me more and more and more. So why don't we have a word of prayer together? First of all, those folk that say, I want to open my heart, I want to receive Jesus because I want the Spirit, the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in me. It's that right now, we open our hearts to you. 
And I pray for each and every one of those people that in this moment says, I want to receive more of God. I want to have the experience of the Holy Spirit dwelling in me. I want to encourage you, I encourage you right now, just invite him to come in. Just pray a simple prayer and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I believe in you. Lord, as we, some, some pray that, whether they, those in the meeting, those further afield, as we, as, we, as we pray that, I thank you, Lord, that you hear every prayer. And Lord Jesus, that you come into the hearts of those that have prayed that prayer and that you dwell in their hearts by the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you forgive and wash away every wrongdoing, things that have not pleased you. Thank you that you help and strengthen for the road ahead. Thank you that you receive these people as your children. I pray your special blessing on them and that they would experience you in a whole new way. Let it be the beginning of a whole new understanding of who you are and what you do. And I want to pray for those folk that say, I want more. I really want to walk on an, to another level of moving in the things of the Spirit. I want to be supernaturally connected in a new way. Why not on this Pentecost Sunday, why not say, that's what I need right now for me. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for myself as well, because I need it as much as you do. So Father, right now, we come and we bow our heads before you. And right now, I pray, Spirit of God, that you would fill us, that you would fill us afresh. Today, right today, that you'd fill our hearts with fresh power. We make every room in our hearts and every area in our lives open to you. Please rush in. Please come in with your mighty power and flood every single area. We want to be different. We want to walk in a different way with you after this day. We, Lord, ask you that you will come and that you would open new avenues for us. We pray the, the prayer of send me, Lord, this morning. We ask you that we'd hear what you want us to do, that you'd give us faith to do what you want us to do. Help us to have the courage to do the things that you say. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for who you are. You do not leave us alone. You do not just want to dwell in us, but Lord, you also want to work through us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for all that you are and all that you do. Come and do that in our lives right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's been really wonderful to speak to you in this way this morning, uh, Forest Town Church. Thank you so much for the invitation. Uh, it's been a great privilege for me. I really do trust that the next time that we get to communicate with one another that it's going to be face-to-face, -face, that lockdown's going to be over, and that we're going to be able to really enjoy fellowship together with you, either there in St. Albans or some other part of the world. It's great being in connection with you. Have a great Sunday.